Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Would you take your Bible and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You know what? I wish... I wish at all times that I were never conflicted about the way I feel about things. How many of you have ever found yourself in conflict over how something has made you feel? It's like you can be both delighted and terrified all at the same time. Like you can be okay and messed up simultaneously. Because while you thrill at the thought of something, the practicality of it is, is something else That's, that we honestly would rather shy away from. I want to take you to one of those verses in the Scripture today that does both of those things to us at one time. It, it both comforts us and it both tears us up all at the same time. It, it causes us to want to lean into Christ, but at the same time, it want, makes us want to draw back. And, uh, you know, if you'll look with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, and allow me to read this most familiar portion before we begin, then we're going to unpack these thoughts as we move along today. But for, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, has one of the most Wonderful passages of scripture that you can ever read if you've ever been going through something. How many of you ever been going through something? Right there. Oh, come on. How many of you have ever been going through? How many of you are going through something, right? I mean, let's just be real and Then and then you get you, this the context of this chapter is that the Apostle Paul was going through something He was going through some things in his life. He was facing some particular challenges and struggles and you know, he was praying to the Lord about these things. And the word of the Lord comes to him and says these words. My grace is sufficient for you. Just a word of comfort for us. That whatever we're going through in this life, whatever we're facing, that we can, we can turn to Jesus, we can look to the Lord, and we can find that ever-present help in the time of need. The, the name of the Lord, the Word says, is a strong tower, that the righteous run into it, and they are saved. And that, that's a wonderful comfort there, that regardless of what we're facing in this life, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower, that, that the grace of God is sufficient for us. And you know, the reason, do you know why we need this verse? Do you know why we need this encouragement? We need this verse, we need this encouragement today because life is messy. And life messy. You know, we put ourselves all together and we come to church on Sunday morning and we say, hey brother, how are you? And God bless you, sister. And people ask us things, how are you doing? We say we're blessed and highly favored. And, you know, if it was any better, we couldn't stand it and all these kind of things. But the truth of the matter is, a lot of times we're, we've got things going on in the background, things running in the back of our lives, and, and we put on the good faith, face and we speak faith. But the truth of the matter is, life is messy. You ever, you ever heard the, the old expression where people say, you know, they're really in a mess? I passed the scene yesterday and I saw, I saw, you know, this particular situation that had unfolded. And I said, man, that's really a mess. That's a mess. 
You ever, you ever look on at somebody in their lives and, and you say, man, they are really making a mess of things. Why? Life's messy. We, we can always find ourselves from, from time to time in a mess, don't we? Less than desirable situations. And, you know, the funny thing about this is that we don't ever set out with the aspiration or the vision of life that is messy. How many of you that, that you've lived a little bit right now and, and you've, you've got, let's call it the age of experience. You, you've lived into the age of experience now. And like at the onset of life, you had aspirations of perfection. Like, your vision of life and what you saw before you was, was just sheer perfection. Nobody before you had been able to get it all right all the time, but somehow in our minds we believe that once it comes our turn, once we get a crack at it, once we get a chance to do those things, we're going to do it right. We're, we're going to do it right. And the reason we're going to do it right is because nobody has ever been as smart as we are. Nobody, nobody has ever known near as much as we do. And if we can just, you know, we'll never argue with our spouse. We'll never lose our cool with our kids. We'll never make stupid financial decisions. We'll never walk through the hurt that some other people have seen and experienced because we're just such wonderful people that everybody's going to like us. Right? Am I the only one? I'm the only one who started out in adulthood and thought to myself, man, I'm just going to get this right. Come on, how many of you? Right? You just started out and said, man, I, this, is, this is going to be so good. I've got it together. I've got it all together. You know, and, and even in our walk of faith sometimes, we, we start out with these things, you know. How many of you can ever remember kneeling before the Lord and just pledging, dear Jesus, if you'll just do this thing for me, then for the rest of my life, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to live for you, and I'm going to love you. And, you know, you were a good 30 minutes away from that situation before you found out you'd already messed up. You know, we're like Peter. Peter said, you know, Peter declared, Lord, even if everyone else deserts you, I am never going to desert you. And also like Peter, we're found weeping bitterly a few moments later because we've done exactly what we said we weren't going to do. Regardless of the record, we thought we were going to get it right. Regardless of the fact that every great man or woman of God throughout history has failed in some way or another. Abraham was a liar. Moses had anger issues. Joseph may or may not had some pride issues. David was an adulterous murderer. Peter used bad words. And Paul had a whole other share of uh, issues altogether. And, but, you know, we're going to be the ones that get it right serve the Lord in perfection, walk through life so smart, so intelligent, and never get it wrong. But the reality is, church, that you and I live in a fallen world, and we are fallen people. We are imperfect, we are flawed, and we are finite, and we're not far down life's pathway before that truth brutally and viciously smacks us beside the head, are we? I mean, just you're, we're just not all that we thought we were 
in, in any given moment. It's, it's, you know, and then life becomes messy. It's a product of our own imperfections, and it's a product of life in a fallen world. And we've all got messes. Some of them are self-made. Some of them are self-made. We're not as steadfast in our resolve as we thought we would be. We discover along the way that we're not nearly as smart as we thought we were. I've got to tell you something. Over the last 15 years or so, my parents have become incredibly wise. I mean, when I was younger, they didn't know a thing. But now, all of a sudden, they're really smart, you know? But, and we do things. Sometimes we'll even do things knowing full well when we're doing them that they are not the thing that needs to be done. Won't we? I mean, we'll just do things sometimes and be like, you know, I know I probably shouldn't do this. But hey, you know, YOLO, right? I mean, <laughs> some of those things are imposed upon us. Some of life's messes are imposed upon us. Other people. Everybody just say other people with me for a minute. Just, yeah. Isn't that a wonderful gift from God? I mean, sometimes, seriously, I love people. I really do. But sometimes, man, like other people just grate your cheese, man. It just, you're like, why? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you bringing this thing in my, in my world? Why are you causing this trouble, this hardship? We can face situations and circumstances sometimes that are beyond our control. And what they do when those moments when we find ourselves failing and we find ourselves faltering and we find all these things being ushered into our lives, we can oftentimes find ourselves, as Paul did, on his face before God and just calling out and saying, Lord, why? God, help me. Lord, would you take it away? Jesus, would you clean this mess up? Help me, Lord, with this mess. And you know what? It would be a wonderful world if I could just impart a little wisdom to the Lord today. It would be, Jesus, it would just be magnificent if you would just absolutely take it all away. Every time that one of your children come and, and present their requests and make their needs known, Lord, if you, would just, if you would just take it away. But you know, the truth of the matter is that some of the things that come in our lives that are less than desirable, some of those messy situations, though they may appear, you know, troublesome and though they may appear, you know, kind of like, ugh, to us, if God permitted it to come into our lives, if he has allowed that into our lives, there's a purpose for it. There's a reason that he has allowed that. It doesn't even matter if we're the ones that messed it up. If, we, if he has allowed the trouble into our lives, then he has a purpose for it, and he's going to minister to us through it. And he wants to do something in us, let me tell you something. There, the worst thing you could ever do, you know. It, we we just think, man, if I just if I give my heart to Jesus, if if I just surrender to Him, then I know that I'm never going to have any problem. Let me tell you something. I'll. This is an old old thing, and I'm sure you've heard it several times. But smooth seas don't make skillful sailors. 
Smooth seas don't make skillful sailors. I'm not a sailor, but I could handle it as long as the water's calm. As long as everything's flat and we don't run aground, I'll be okay. But you would not want to be in the boat that I was the captain of in the high seas because I don't know what I'm doing. That's a realization I live with more often than you know. <laughs> so I just don't know what I'm doing. And, and, you know, our tendency when we run into those messy situations in life is that we find ourselves in those messy situations trying to rectify the mess that we've made in some way or trying to fix or resolve the mess that we're in in some way. You know what we do when, when it's our fault? We do a number of things. We'll try to cover it up. We'll try to cover it up and, you know, the, you remember the Lord walking in the Genesis chapter 3? The Lord was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and he was coming to talk to Adam and Eve and just commune with them and share fellowship with them. It was a wonderful, wonderful situation and setting there where God just so intimately interacted with these people. But you'll remember just a few verses prior to that is where Adam and Eve had taken and eaten of the forbidden fruit and they had, they had sinned. That is the original sin. They, they had sinned there. And what did they do in the moment when they realized that they'd made a mess? They scurried off and found them some fig leaves and sewed it together and tried to cover up the mess they'd made. They tried to cover it up. David made a mess with Bathsheba, and rather than own it, he had her husband murdered to cover it up. We'll try to justify ourselves. We, we can be in a mess, and, you know, in the garden, when, when God finally confronted them and said, hey, what's happened here? Adam said to God, said, well, Lord, the woman that you gave me, Lord, I, I don't even see how I can be charged with this at all. Although I made a conscious decision to grasp that fruit with my own hand, to put it in my own mouth, to take a bite and consume it. But God, even still, I don't, it's not really my fault because, first of all, the woman that you created, I like that rib. That was my favorite rib. But you took it and you messed it up and you gave me this woman and she's faulted and she's flawed and because of her fault and her flaw and your lack of foresight, God, now I'm here in this position. Oh, you laugh, but we all, we do it. Man, we do it. We, it, it oh. I know, Lord, I lost my temper. I did this, I did that. But God, this person over here, if you, you know, and furthermore than that, you and them and not me. Mm -mm. Not me. And, 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 and we'll excuse ourselves by blaming others. And, you know, when the, when the Lord finally then turns his attention to Eve and said, well, Eve, what is this thing that you've done? She said, well, Lord, the serpent. I'm not as ignorant as this man going to try to blame you, but this serpent. 
You know, the, the most two accused, falsely accused beings in the universe. Two most falsely accused beings in the universe. The devil and the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a lot of things that we claim that the devil made us do that he didn't make us do. There's a lot of things we claim the Holy Spirit inspired us to do, and we didn't do that. He didn't do that either. We were just righteously indignant and wanted to say something, right? And, and you know, we get discouraged. We get depressed because life just continues to be a mess, and we just can't see any rhythm or rhyme or reason to the things that are going on around us, and we're just, we get hung up in that. And, and here's the thing, we, we want to whine about the mess, we want to rehearse the mess, we, but what we do not want to do is we do not want to address the mess because in addressing the mess, we know that we're going to be confronted with our own weaknesses. We don't want to address the mess because we know that when we're going to really get beyond the symptoms and complaining about the, 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 the effect, we're going to have to deal with the cause. And how many of you know that sometimes when we get down to the cause of the matter, the cause of the matter looks back in the mirror at us in the morning? And here's the thing, sometimes we're struggling through messes and God's trying to teach us things and God's trying to show us things and open up our understandings and we're calling out to God and saying, Lord, would you take it away, take it away, take it away? And he's not taking it away because there's a greater lesson that he wants to teach us, but God will not impose himself upon us. He'll, he'll let us struggle. He'll let us live in the bondage of our excuse. He'll allow us to abide in defeat, not because it's his plan, but because it's our choice. Because we'd rather choose to complain about something than to confront our own frailties. We'd rather whine about it than to be honest and get on our face before the Spirit of the Lord and say, search me, O Lord, and know my heart and see if there be any unclean thing in me. We, we'd rather do that, and he's going to let us struggle through that, but there's a strength that comes when we stop and we look full on at the mess that we're in and we invite the presence of God to join us there and say, Lord, I'm not sure altogether how I got here. I'm not sure exactly why I'm going through this thing right now, but Holy Spirit, I invite you. If you're not going to deliver me from it, walk with me through it, counsel me, teach me, show me, Lord, because I know that you didn't bring me to this challenge without a purpose and a plan for my life and I know that after I have passed through the fire you will provide that I will come through shining like gold changed transformed shapen in the image of Christ welcome him welcome him in that lion's den welcome him into that fiery furnace welcome him into that hurt welcome him into that pain in your life and say god i don't know i can't make it go away and obviously you're not 
but come on in here and walk with me. Come on in here and comfort me. Come on in here and stop the mouths of the lions. Come on in here and cause the fire not to burn me, but loose these bonds that are holding me back and set me free that when I come out of the furnace, I'm not bound the way that I was going into the furnace. And there's a strength that is found in allowing God to minister to us in our deepest times of distress that couldn't have been found on the mountaintop when everything was going our way. I want to return to the text here this morning, and we'll pick up this reading in verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 6. And Paul writes here to the church and says, For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool. For I will speak the truth, but I refrain lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. And concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. You know, church, sometimes we're so distracted in our prayers for God to deliver us from a thing that we can't see what he's trying to show us in the thing we we are our focus is so narrow and I, I'm not preaching at you I'm sharing with you because I am the same way I, I can get so blinded by the the route out and, and what I think God ought to open up in my life and what I think God ought to do in a situation and how I think he ought to handle it that I can forget to just simply stop and say, God, you know what, your, your will is perfect. And, and even though I can't see your hand right now, I'm going to have to trust your heart and I'm just going to rest in you and I'm going to lean hard into your grace right now and I'm going to allow you to teach me because I know that you're leading me by the still waters and you're causing me, you're making me to lie down in the green. We don't like to be made to do, you know, we read Psalm 23 and say, oh, he makes us do, he makes us. We don't like to be made to do anything. I mean, save that for somebody that believes it. But I don't, we don't like to be made to do anything. If we like to be made to do things, if we just, if we just love laying in the green grass and sitting beside the still waters, then we wouldn't even motivate in our day until we had spent time in the Word and in the presence of the Lord. But sometimes God brings us to places in this life where we're made to lay down. We're, we're made to, to, to ease along those still waters and, and graze on that because there, there's so many things that we're pursuing of that aren't satisfying our lives and that aren't filling us with the good things that God... And sometimes he has to allow these messes in our lives and sometimes he allows us to, to step in things so that we have to lay down. But too often we so str- we're struggling so hard to get out of the place that God's made us to lay down because we want to get back out there in the barrenness of what it was we were about to start with and continue on. 
Sometimes we, we, we just need to quit telling God how smart we are and how much we know about exactly what needs to be done in our lives and just say, God, what's going on is beyond my understanding, but I trust you and I want you to have your way in me. Show me my weakness and help me to walk reliant upon you through this storm. Now here it is, because... You know, when I first started this message, some of you have been thinking all the way through this message, is Pastor okay this morning? Because what he just said at the onset of this message doesn't make any sense because how in the world could we be both comforted and very uncomfortable with the words of Christ when he says that my grace is sufficient for you? I don't find anything but comfort in that. I don't find anything but strength in that. That my grace is sufficient for you. You know, this, this passage here, though, it's kind of like, how many of you enjoy a good trip to the dentist? Come on. How many of you appreciate the dentist when your mouth hurts? Come on. That's right. That's right. And, and this is one of those scriptures. Well, no, Pat, I don't want to. No, uh, uh. this is one of those scriptures, trust me. It's like a trip to the dentist. Like, you know you need to go. And you're happy when it's all done. But you're real worried about what you might have to go through to get to what it is that you need. Yeah, you ever face those things? I mean, it's like you are thrilled to death, you know, about the thought of something, but then thinking about what you're going to have, the steps that are going to have to be taken to get you from where you are to where you need to be is just something that causes a little trepidation and you want to shy away from it. And this is one of those places that it offers us a lot of comfort, but it makes us really squeamish along the way. Because if you'll notice early on, I read the most popular part of that scripture. Because we've, you know, we've had a lot of things going on here at the church, a lot of bereaved families, a lot of hurting people. And, and what do we say to them? We say, well, the Lord's grace is sufficient for you, honey. You know, brother, we, God's grace is sufficient for you. And we encourage people with that, and we should. We should understand that. But for you and me personally today, listen to this. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. God will help you but God will most effectively help you when you come to the point of recognizing before Almighty God that you can't help yourself. God, I can't fix this. I'm not in control of this. There's nothing I can do about this. Lord, you've got to take it because every time I put my hand on it, I make a mess of it. Every time I think that I've got the answer, it blows up in my face. Every time I think I'm going to set something straight, it gets further out of line. And the Lord just calls and says, hey, why don't, you, why don't you come over here and why don't you lay down in the green grass and here beside the still water? Let me, let me just lay you down right here and, and let's talk about your weakness. Let's talk about that you're not all that and a bag of chips apart from me and my presence in your life and the work that I'm doing in you. Let's talk about that for just a few minutes here. Just lay down here and rest. And Paul says, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmity. What is wrong with this guy? 
Uh-uh. No, I want to recite you all the scripture I know. I want to tell you about the 12 people last week I led to Jesus. You know, not because I want you to rejoice with me, but because I want you to know how spiritual I am. I, I want to tell you about the, the dream, the revelation that I had, not necessarily because I want to edify the body of Christ, but because I want you to know how spiritual I am. And, and, and we, we've got to get to that place where Paul said, no, 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 I, I just, I got to get to a place here where I'd rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I want to tell you something. The power of Christ does not fully rest upon you until you found a place at an altar where you've put your face as low as you can get it and said, God, what is a man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you visit him? Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, some trust in their own skill. Some trust in their own ability. Some trust in their scripture memorization. Some people trust in their church attendance. Some people trust in their spiritual gift. But I will trust in the name of the Lord my God. Because I realize that the moment that he takes his hand off of me, I am nothing. I am nothing. And while we do enjoy the thoughts of the sufficiency of God's grace in our lives, we shudder oftentimes at the thoughts of confronting our own infirmities and our own weaknesses. We want to conceal them. We'd rather hide them. We don't really want to talk about them. We don't want to say, God, I keep messing up. God, I can't get it right. God, I'll never figure this out. And God, I need you. And without you, I can't make it. Paul continues here and says, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, when I am weak, then I'm strong. You know, our philosophy is when I'm strong, I'm better than you. But Paul said, no, no, it's when I'm weak. When I'm we, I can't tell you the number of situations God has brought into my life of late that I've had to say, you know what, God, your kingdom has really nothing to do with me. This is not even about me at all. This is about you being glorified. And if you're going to be glorified in my life, I've got to make some different choices. I've got to handle some situations differently. I've got to do some different things because he's brought me to places where I've had to lay down in the green pastures and beside the still waters and talk about my infirmities for a little while. And when we are weak and we can recognize that and we can be honest with it and not try to conceal it and not try to hide it and not try to cover it up and not try to blame somebody else for it and excuse ourselves from it, then we can find the perfect strength of Christ. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecution and distress for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. Listen, this is not a false humility. This is not, this is not Paul running around and saying, well, I'm just, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody. No, I'm not a nobody. 
I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I'm the object of his love. I am a child of the king. Understand and know who you are, but don't forget how you got there. Not of works, lest any man should boast. I couldn't do nothing to fix me. But God's grace is sufficient. And it was sufficient when I knelt at an altar and said, God, I can't fix me. And he redeemed me. And daily as things are manifest in my own life and in my own spirit, as I'm willing to say, God, I recognize this weakness before you, God, and I need your strength because I can't do this on my own. Then every time his strength is made more perfect in my weakness, but I've got to get weaker. Like John the Baptist said, I've got to continually decrease so that he can increase in my life. And you know, we, we just look on and we wring our hands and we say, God, it, it's, 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 just, it's just a mess. It's just a mess. And we're so anxious about it. And God's looking back at us going, yeah, you're right. It's just a mess. It's just a mess. But see, I specialize in stepping in the middle of your mess and making it a message so that the thing that you thought was about to take you down and ruin you and destroy you later on you've got something to tell to somebody else that that thing that you thought was crushing you was simply just purging you so that when you get done with what you're going through you're gonna look more like me in the end than you did in the beginning and, and you're going to find a more perfect strength. Listen, I know there's some of you in this room, you've been going through a, a mess. You've been going through a season of crushing. You've been going through times of trial. And I'm just encouraging you today, church, get on your face before God and call out and say, Lord, I am overwhelmed. I can't do it. I am weak, but you are strong. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.